Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Come on, who's excited to be at church today? All right, well, we're going to get into the message in just a moment, continuing our series. Before we do that, I want to make mention of a couple of things. Next Steps, if you've never been through Next Steps, it is our uh, process of sharing the vision and the mission and how we're structured as a church, how you can get involved, uh, what the opportunities are and teams that you can be on and, and, uh, and all of those good things that, that uh, come with you calling this church home. And so we believe that it's important for you to go through that and that it'll be super helpful for you. And so December the 5th and the 12th, we do it in two weeks during the 9 a.m. service. And so you can uh, check your kids in if you have kids and take them to class, be a part of that uh, back there in the, the Next Steps room on December 5th and 12th. And then just step right in here at 1045 and attend the service. You don't have to miss a thing. Uh, but we believe it's something important for you to go through. And so if you are interested in that, then go on the Church Center app and you can register to let us know that you're going to be, be there so that we can be prepared for you. And uh, we want you to know about that. Christmas at Impact. Come on, is anybody excited about the Christmas season? Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is one of our favorite, favorite Sundays of the year. It's going to be on December the 19th this year. Uh, both services, we're going to have a Christmas experience here at the church. And uh, man, it's just an awesome time where we come together more of an, in an intimate setting and we celebrate uh, through communion and candlelight and Christmas songs and all of that and, and uh, just a specific encouraging word on that day. And so uh, we want you to be here for Christmas at Impact. So put that on your calendar. It'll be Sunday, December the 19th. We're looking forward to that. It's coming up very quickly. Um, another thing, uh, December 11th, which is a Saturday, we are for the first time uh, being a part of an event called Share the Hope. And we, we have, I believe now, it's three other churches that are going to be a part of this with us. And so what we're doing is we're collecting uh, donations for pillows and socks and blankets and non-perishable food items, things like that. Um, and these other churches are as well. And so we're going to bring all of that together. And then we have uh, things for the kids on that day, inflatables. We're going to have food. We're going to have lots of fun. And we're going to be able to give away and share hope with people on that day, be a blessing to people in our community. So that's going to be at the pavilion that is next to the Love Civic Center. So if you're familiar with that, right next to the parking lot there, there's a pavilion and a grass area out there. And so we're going to be set up over there. And uh, we're just believing that God's going to encourage some people and bring hope this Christmas season through us being his hands and feet and so we encourage you if you we've said it before as with everything if if you would prefer somebody else do your shopping for you we're fine with that you can just uh, select that if you want to give a certain amount you can just select in the drop down menu when you give online or something like that and what it's designated to and we have somebody who can go get the items for you or um, what I would what I would probably recommend even more than that would be for you to take the time and prayerfully consider hey God what do you want me to do and uh, go go buy some pillows or socks or blankets or whatever that is you can donate those in the lobby um, over the next couple of weeks leading up to the event and so you can bring those in donate those in the lobby and we're going to put all of that together and be a blessing uh, to people in our community this Christmas season and then uh, ladies Christmas party come on where are my ladies at all the ladies in the building. December 17th, I know you guys have a ton of fun every year when you do these Christmas parties. 
Um, I say this about every ladies' event, I think. It just makes me so jealous. No. Uh, December 17th, 6 p.m., Margie Ware's house. We want you to be there if you're a lady. Uh, it's going to be a great time for a couple of hours where you're going to be able to uh, enjoy fellowship and just hang out during the Christmas season. Uh, we would ask that you just bring a finger food, whatever your favorite finger food is, just bring that with you and show up on December the 17th. And it's going to be an awesome time. And of course, we'll let you know more about that in the, the few weeks that are leading up to that before we get there. And then the last thing that I want to make mention of, and then we're going to watch this week's story uh, as we continue our series, is um, in the area of student ministry. We have had a couple, many of you know them, Clay and Riley Hanley, have uh, been a part of leading student ministry within our church for about the last four years in some capacity. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, they uh, let us know that they felt like the, the Lord was transitioning them, that it was a new season of life for them. And so uh, they have uh, transitioned out of student ministry as a church. But we want you to know that we, are, uh, we do honor them. And they were here during the first service, and we were able to bring them up. And uh, you can even go back on, on the Facebook page and watch the first service and, um, and, and see that. But we just believe, as a church, we believe in honor. And I hope that you believe in honor in, in your life as well and in your marriage relationship and all of those things. And so we just wanted to take a moment and honor them for uh, the commitment and the faithfulness of them uh, serving and leading in the area of our 7th to 12th grade ministry here at the church and, uh, and investing in them, teaching them, pouring into them, and we truly believe that none of that will return void, that there have been seeds planted, there have been lives changed, there's been so much that God has been able to do uh, through that and through their leadership in that area. And so there will be youth this Wednesday night. So to be here at the church at 630 um, in the interim interim time, my wife and I are going to step in and uh, we're going to lead and give leadership to that. And we're excited about that um, and, and being able to connect with the students uh, during this time. And so 630 here at the church, if you have a seventh through 12th grader, uh, we would love for them to be here. We're going to have a lot of fun and uh, and uh, do some cool things, and we just believe that God's going to continue to move and invest in the lives of our, our, our middle school and high school students. Amen? So I want to let you know about that. Um, and we have been, if you are new, if this is your first time here, maybe you weren't here last week, we started a brand new series called Stories. And in this series, we are hearing and watching uh, four different stories from people within our church and, uh, and seeing how God is faithful, how God is good, and all the things that, that he can do, and hopefully building hope and uh, building encouragement and faith in our lives. And so last weekend, we got to hear Gwen's story, and we watched that, and believe that, that God spoke to us today. And I believe that there's a specific uh, word that he's put on my heart today that goes along with today. We have Ryan and Autumn Williams' story. And so with all of that being said, if you will turn your attention to the screen. Hey guys, I am Autumn Williams. I'm Ryan Williams. And we have been at Impact for three and a half years now, and this is our this is our story. So March twelfth of um, March twelfth of this year, Ryan and I were on our way to go on date night. He's like, "Hey, you want to go out on a date?" I said, "Sure, let's go." We dropped our kids off at the babysitter, and we headed to town. So we're driving to town on two seventy one, and we saw a car broken down in the median. And I told Ryan, I said, hey, we need to stop and, and help them. They were two, two girls. And he said, no, we, no, it's not safe, is pretty much what he said. And we kind of went back and forth. And I said, if that was me in that situation, 
I, I wouldn't want to be helped. And so we make it all the way to town and um, we, he turned around, which was really surprising because he's never turned around before. Because <laughs> in the back of my mind, I know the danger of being on the side of the road. So um, we turn around and we go to the median and we, uh, we stop, we stop in the turnaround. When we did, we got out of the truck and I got out. He kind of looked at me funny, but I got out of the truck anyway. I should have listened. And I walk around the truck and I remember looking at my feet and I stepped into the grass and um, I thought, okay, I'm safe. I'm in, I'm in the grass. And I walk between, um, I get halfway between his, his truck and the car that was broken down. And I looked up and I'll never forget the looks on the girls' faces, but I looked up and they looked scared. And I heard my husband uh, call my name. And I look back and I see a white board just its side coming straight at me. Um, I just blacked out. I, before it got to me, I just sliced one out. My last thought was, I can't outrun this. By the time she got there, I, had, I was in the truck looking for some gloves. And when I was in the truck picking those gloves up, that's when I heard the crash. And as I'm looking up towards her, yelling her name, I watch as this truck comes flying through the median and hit my wife. Uh, at that point, I just thought the worst. She's gone. All I could do is scream out loud, please don't let this be the end. And of course, I'm running to her, and as soon as I re reach her and she's face down, and I just flip her over and she's no, she's not responsive for, felt like forever to me, but it was probably like two or three seconds and she finally took a gasp of air. And of course I take a gasp of air too. And uh, uh, like she was saying, a lot of people was around her when she came to. It was several seconds before people came around, but uh, I just sat there and just, please don't, Please don't take her. <clears throat> I wasn't done with her either. I was told I flew about 20 to 30 feet when that happened. Um, when I woke up, I actually woke up thinking, oh wow, like this is a weird dream. Like God wake me up now. And uh, I saw my husband and I, I actually woke up to all these ladies around me and I saw my husband and. Several of them were nurses and there was a couple, the first, lady that showed up she was a she was a paramedic but she was off duty from i want to say clarksville and she settled me down a quite a bit <clears throat> and the lady that was holding her head up off the ground was a nurse and she had several ant bites on her hand so i just i don't know how to thank them enough Ugh. That's when I realized, and I asked, I actually woke up before EMS got there and I asked them, did I just get hit by that truck? And the lady said, yeah, you did. And uh, so they were talking me through it and uh, I was laying there thinking, a week previous to the accident, I actually went home and told my husband, 
I told my husband that I didn't think I would make it to my 28th birthday. Um, I told him that and I told a friend that. So when I woke up, I didn't realize what happened. I actually said, God's not done with me yet. I just knew God wasn't done with me yet. And I just kept declaring that over and over and over again. But I had a lady that was holding my head and she said, oh my gosh, you're in a pile of ants and I have ants crawling all over me and they're dusting, dusting them off. She's getting bit and I just thought, great. Like, on top of everything else, I'm getting bit by ants. So I get, EMS gets there, they get me in the ambulance and I'm answering all the questions correctly. I'm very alert. I'm singing praises, I'm singing songs, I'm talking, I'm telling Ryan, it's okay, we're gonna be okay, it's gonna be fine. And we get to the hospital and um, we, I had, I broke all five bones just straight across in my foot. I had a level one concussion. I had a small hole in my lung. Um, they actually came in and said, why are you not coughing? Like, you're not coughing, are you breathing okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm breathing fine. They said, well, you have a hole in your lung. I actually didn't have a single ant bite on me at all, anywhere on me. Um, and I thought that was just a miracle in itself. I definitely was very bruised and very banged up, but I, I was sent home that night. I was down for a long time. I was not working for um, three months. Ryan was actually in school and he had to quit school um, and start working side jobs because I just, I couldn't walk. I couldn't move around. I couldn't take care of my kids. I couldn't cook dinner. Um, there wasn't a whole lot I could do, but I was alive and I was well and I just give God all the glory for that. God provided through people. He worked through people and people fed us for um, a good month just brought us all the food. It just ministered. So many people got to minister to us through that. And we got to minister to people. It definitely has brought us closer together as a couple. I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And so after my accident and after being home for three months, we came up with a plan to where I now get to work from home and I'm home with my babies all the time. We just know God provided, like we weren't working, but God provided every single little thing. I've never knew I could rely on God so much than through that time. And for everybody that is watching, I do want to thank y'all for providing meals for the family mm -hmm. while we were needing that. God had his hand in that entire thing. And just to see him work. She walked away with a broken foot. <laughs> level one concussion. That was it. That was just a God thing. Don't lose faith in the in the hard times. Lean on him. Just constantly go back to him. Lean on him. Praise him. Thank him. Because he's the one that's going to get you through it. Isn't God so good? <laughs> what a story of, of, of his protection in that moment. And I would venture to say there are others probably sitting in this room that uh, you would have your own story of how God has protected you and seen you through something. Um, what we've been doing in this series is uh, taking a story 
that can bring encouragement and hope and uh, build our faith really in the God that we serve each week and then uh, tying it in with a specific story from the Bible that we can learn and we can grow from. And this week was a little bit of a struggle because instead of, um, I was asking the Lord, I just want to like want, just give me one passage. And uh, what, I, what I kept getting was three statements. And then he led me to specific stories um, about those statements. And so what I want to give you today is three statements in the form of three points. And I believe that, I believe it's going to encourage you. I believe it are, these are things that, uh, that we, need to, we need to be reminded of, uh, especially when we're walking through something difficult, that we need to be reminded of who God is and what he can do. And so uh, three things that I want to share with you just really quickly today. Number one is this, it's that God can use bad things. God can use bad things. Now, I know we, we make that statement and we say God can use bad things. And many of us sitting in this room would say, I believe that God can use bad things. But at the same time, when you're in the middle of a bad situation or in the middle of a difficulty, sometimes we have a tendency to forget that God can still use whatever it is that we're walking through in that moment. And I felt like the Lord wanted to remind somebody, even if it's just one person, that he can still use bad things. Things that happen to you, difficulties in your life. And we could even say it this way, and I think this is even a better way to say it, that God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but he can use them. God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but he can sure use them to get glory and use them for your good. And I want us to look together. This is in John chapter 9. An interesting story as Jesus is walking with his disciples. Uh, I want to start in verse number one. It says this, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming. And then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Anybody ever had God do something in your life? And you thought, why did it, hap- why did it happen that way, right? I read this story and I'm thinking, you know, because Jesus said, I don't do anything. I don't see the Father doing. I don't say anything. I don't hear the Father saying. And yet in this moment, he, been, like, he spits into the dirt, makes mud, and wipes it on this, on this guy's eyes. And then it goes on and it says that he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means sent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was and others said, no, he just looks like him, right? No, it's just his twin. You know, he's probably still over there begging. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. Um, There's a statement that Jesus made in here. We read this story and it's a man who's never been able to see before and Jesus is walking with his disciples and when they come upon this man who's never been able to see before, the disciples begin to ask the question, was it something his parents did that caused this to come on him? 
Was it something that he did that caused this to come on him? Was it something, is he living under a curse of what his great-grandparents did, right? And, you know, like, is, is this something that's just been passed down and passed down, and that's why he's in this situation? And I love how Jesus redirects the conversation. Jesus is great at redirecting the conversation. He's great at redirecting our thoughts, if we'll give him our thoughts, because their, th- their, their concern is, what's caused this man? Why is this man blind? He's been blind from birth. Why is he blind? And Jesus makes this statement. He says, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. This has happened. We've come on this situation right now, and this circumstance, and this difficulty, so that the power of God could be seen in this man. Which I find interesting, because to me it says that, hey, sometimes there are things that God will do, and and he'll get glory out of it by others around recognizing what he has done for somebody else, or in your life, or in that person's life, or in the story that you can tell in your life, that God is going to get glory out of that. And Jesus says, hey, the reason we have come on this situation right now is so that God's power can be seen in this situation, in this guy's life. And I began to wonder if how many people myself included, that, that struggle with, you know, maybe you're talking about the situation or talking about what may or may not have been done to put somebody or you in that situation instead of seeing that as an opportunity for God to do something amazing. Instead of seeing it as an opportunity for God to say, you know what, I can still get glory out of this regardless of how this came to be. I can still get glory out of this if you'll turn to me, if you'll look to me, if you'll surrender this to me. And I began to study, there are a couple of words that I want to point out because I think they're very important for us to understand in what Jesus said because this is from verse 3 that we just read where Jesus answered, he said, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. And this word power, in some translations it's translated as works so that the works of God or the work of God could be you know, seen or displayed in this man's life. And that word is the word that we've actually talked about before, but it's the word ergon, and you see it uh, throughout the New Testament. And in the original Greek, it means this. It means an action that carries out or completes an inner desire, intention, or purpose. So Jesus is saying, this has happened so that God's inner desire, so that God's intention, so that God's purpose could be displayed or could be revealed, which leads us to the second word that in the New Living Translation that we just read was the word seen. And it's actually a Greek word. Uh, In the original Greek, it means to make visible or to make clear. So what Jesus is communicating, they're concerned about what led this guy to be, you know, punished in this way or have to suffer in this way or to be in this state. And Jesus redirects the conversation. He says, no, it's not about his parents' sin and it's not about his sin, but it's about God being able to reveal his power, his inner desire, his purpose and make it very clear. In other words, everybody around, God wants to make it very clear what his purpose is, what his intention is, what his inner desire is. And in this situation, it was for this man to be completely healed. It was for him to be healed. And he said, hey, you know what? My power is able. I am able. And Jesus says, no, stop stop focusing on that aspect of it and turn your attention to the fact that God can get glory out of this situation. And God wants to reveal his power. He wants to reveal his intention. He wants to reveal his inner desire. God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but he can use them. And we're all familiar with Romans 8.28, but it's worth looking at as much as we can look at it because it says this, as we, and we know that God causes everything everything, somebody say everything, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. 
And I was thinking about this situation in the story. Listen, God didn't cause this horrific accident or this you know, horrific thing to, to transpire in this moment. But he can sure use it. God doesn't author bad things, but he can sure use the bad things that happen to us. And I, I believe that uh, he can use it. He'll use it to draw, uh, you know, as Ryan and Autumn were talking about, draw them closer to him. He'll use it to draw other people closer to him. He'll use it to show other people and show them what his inner desire is for their lives and how his power can be at work in any situation. God doesn't cause bad things to happen but he can use those bad things that happen in our lives to, to show us and those around us his goodness and to show us his faithfulness and his healing power and his love for us. And so God can use bad things. Here's number two. God wants us to rely on him. God wants us to rely on him. Um, we could say it this way. God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but he can use them to cause us to rely on him. God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but he can sure use the bad things that happen in our life to cause us to lean into him more and to rely on him. And there was a story, uh, Paul is, is telling a story. There's one portion of scripture where Paul is talking about everything that they've endured, everything they've been through, right? And you can read this list of we were this and 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 this happened and this happened. And you read that and you're like, wow, maybe my life isn't so bad after all. But Paul, in this situation, just to read three verses here, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 8, he says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, look at what he says, we expected to die. But as a result, somebody say, but as a result. As a result of what we went through. As a result of the overwhelming crushed feeling, as a result of being overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, as a result of really even expecting that this was going to be the end for us, he says, as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. Um, I love these few verses because... For me, when I read you, when you read through the Word of God and you hear about situations that people went through and that Paul went through, I mean, you can read all about Paul and the letters that he wrote and what he experienced and read the book of Acts and all of these things that were happening in people's lives. And sometimes it has a way, when I read that, I'm thinking, wow, okay, God came through in that situation and he preserved it, and he, they wrote it down so that we can read it, and I begin to think, wow, okay, maybe my situation isn't as bad as what I think it is. Maybe my situation could actually be something that God can use. Maybe this is an opportunity for me to lean into him even more. And Paul is telling us that he has found himself in a place where it became so difficult that he and the people with him, they fully expected to die. But then he tells us what came out of the experience, and he said it in this way, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God. Has anybody ever struggled with relying on yourself? If it's something that you can see your way out of, that you can form your way out of, that you can do something to get yourself out of, then you believe that you're in control and that you have the ability to do it. But there are some situations, I believe, things that happen in our lives that God doesn't cause the bad things to happen in our lives, but he will use them to cause us to lean into him and to learn to rely on him. And Paul says, we were going through it. 
It was not good. But as a result, we stopped relying on what we could do. And we leaned into God and said, you know what? The only thing we have right now is that we need to rely on God. And he tells us that God came through. When they put their trust and their faith and their hope and they fully relied on God, God came through. I love this statement that Rick Warren made. He said it this way. He says, you never know God is all you need until God is all you have. Anybody ever been there? To where you can say, I never knew that God was all I really needed until God was all that I had. I mean, I was at the, we make statements like this, I was at the end of my rope. I was at rock bottom, and there was nowhere to go but up, and I just had to rely on God. What if we began to rely on God before we got to the place to where all we had left was to rely on God? You know, it's like we, we rely on ourselves and we think we can do it in our own strength and our own power and then we get to the place where we're like, I can't do this and we rely on God. What if we just went into it saying, you know what, I have to rely on God in every area, every situation in my life. Some of us, we have such a tendency to rely so heavily on our own knowledge and our own abilities that in essence, we sometimes forget about God in our lives. Because we're smart enough, we have enough talent, we have enough ability, we can see our way through, we can kind of figure it out and all those things. And Paul said, listen, we were in a place where we had to stop relying on ourselves and we learned how to rely only on God, who was the only one who could get us through that situation. God wants us to rely on Him. And in this, in this video that we watched, Autumn, she made the statement toward the end of it that stuck out to me as I was watching it back. Um, she said, I never knew I could rely on God so much than through that time. I never knew that I could rely on God so much than when I was in this situation to where they were talking about how they couldn't work and Ryan had to, to, to leave school and come back for several months to be able to be there and, and do whatever they could to get by. And, and uh, it was a difficult situation, but how God provided everything that they needed along the way. He was always providing, always protecting, always providing, always protecting. I never knew that I could rely so much on God than through that time. And what if in the middle of what you're going through, even right now, God is actually using it to draw you closer to Him and cause you to learn to rely on Him? And maybe you're trying to pray yourself out of a situation that God wants to use while you're in it to draw you closer to him so that you can begin to rely on him more and if he just took you out of it you wouldn't learn you would think that you could do something about it but he's using he didn't cause it he did not cause it but he's using it i uh i was at a a funeral this has been gosh i guess it's been close to a year probably something like that and uh, the guy who was who was speaking the message at this funeral um, he had experienced something very similar to what the the family was experiencing, and he had lost his son um, several years back, um, just unexpectedly. They they, you know, just devastating. And while he was speaking in this funeral, one of the things that he said that the Lord taught him that he felt like he was to share with other people was to make sure when something happens in your life that we that that we um, in essence point the finger where the finger needs to be pointed. Because a lot of times we have a tendency to point the finger at God. Well, God, why did you do this? Why did you allow this? Why did this happen to me? And he, says, he said, listen, it's the enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so he was encouraging this family, listen, God didn't, God didn't take your son. It's the enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and we live in a fallen world. But God can sure use 
this situation. And he told his story about how he went down the wrong path and, and how he blamed God and he ended up in addiction and ended up in prison and then got out of prison. And, and, and he said, I finally surrendered my life to Jesus fully and that God taught him that, hey, this wasn't, this wasn't me that caused this bad thing to happen. But if you'll, if you'll hand it over to me, as hard as that is, I can use it. And I can, I, can, I can use that to get you to rely on me even more. And I hope that you never have to experience anything like that. I hope that, that you know, that's not your story. Um, but it could be something that's going on at work. It could be something, a difficulty in your marriage or in your relationships or whatever it is. And God's saying, hey, will you, will you learn to rely on me? Will you lean into me in this time and not rely on your own understanding, as we talked about last week, but lean in to me? God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but he can use them to cause us to learn to rely on him. And then here's the third thing that I want to talk about. It's that God wants you to use your testimony. And there were a couple of stories. I just want to read one of them, and we'll mention the other one for the sake of time today. But uh, this one's in John chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Talking about God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but he can turn them into a testimony. And this is what verse 1 says. It says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up, so someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking, but this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. We'll talk about some people that missed the point. <laughs> But he replied, the man who healed me told me, look at what he told him. He said, pick up your mat and walk. And so we see this story where Jesus encounters a man who has been sick, who's been ill for 38 years. 38 years of experiencing this illness, laying on this mat, hoping that maybe, you know, if there's somebody that can get me into the water, if there's somebody that can get me to this certain place, if there was something that could happen, I could be healed, but somebody always gets there before me. But what's interesting to me is that when Jesus shows up and he heals this man, he tells him something, and he tells him not just get up and walk, but get up and take up your mat and walk. Um, there's another instance in Matthew 9, and I said we won't read it, but it's where Jesus heals a paralyzed man and, and tells him the same thing, which, which makes me start asking the question, why? Why? Why is Jesus saying, hey, you need to get up, take, a, take your mat, and walk? Get up, take your mat, and go home. And this is, this is, my, this is my take on it. This is my opinion. Um, I, I believe that there is good reason to believe that Jesus was telling these people whenever they were healed, you need to take up your mat and go home. Because how many of you, if I was the person that you had seen for the last 38 years or the last however many years, laying on a mat, paralyzed or sick for that period of time, and no hope, nothing, that nobody that could heal me, and now you see me walking down the road with the thing under my arm that used to be the thing that I laid on all of the time, begging or whatever the case may be. I mean, you can read several stories in the Bible 
and instances that were kind of like this, how many of you would start to ask the question, is it that (laughs) the guy who's walking down the street now carrying the thing that we've seen him laying on for the last 10 years or 20 years or 38 years or 45 years, he's got the thing that he has been laying on that, that was the thing that he was identified by for so long, now he's carrying it under his arm. Here's what I think. I think that Jesus said, take up your mat and walk or take up your mat and go home because his mat was his testimony. Jesus said, don't, don't, leave, don't leave that thing laying on the ground, but that is going to be a tool in your tool belt that as you walk down the street and people are like, isn't, isn't that the guy that used to be laying on that mat? And yeah, let me tell you what happened. And there are so many, there are so many instances in the Bible that you can read different scenarios where Jesus, you know, he, he would heal somebody, and, and there's all reason behind it. I mean, you have to study it out, but he would heal somebody, and he would say, you know, uh, don't, don't tell anybody. Like, go, but don't, like, just go and show yourself to the priest, but don't, you know, don't say anything else. Go and do that, but don't, don't tell anybody who I am. Don't tell anybody who I am. And, like, in every instance that I read, these people walk away, and they're like, I got to tell somebody, right? Like the first person that they see, they're telling like, yeah, this is my mat. And I used to be laying on it for 38 years. And then this guy named Jesus showed up and he asked me if I wanted to get well. And I gave him all my excuses. And, and then he just said, hey, you just need to get your mat and just get up and walk because I am the one who can heal you, right? Some of y'all were offended by all the excuses part, but <laughs> I love you. Um, I think, that the mat, I think that the mat was his testimony. It was the thing that as he walked down the road, people were going to begin to ask, like, aren't you that guy or do you just look like that guy? Like, why are you carrying that mat? We know what those mats are for. Why are you carrying that mat? And uh, as the worship team comes back, I, I think that, um, I think that this, was, this was something that I felt like in my, in my heart that the Lord said to me that I want to share with you today. Um, because I think there are a few different opinions on this question when we ask why. Why did Jesus do that? But here's what I believe Jesus was saying to me and what I believe he's saying to you. He says, I have done something in your life, so don't leave your testimony on the ground. I've done something in your life, so don't leave your testimony laying on the ground. How often do we, we experience something or God comes through in a situation or God does something supernatural that only he could do? And we leave our story, we leave our testimony, we never share it, we never take it with us so that when somebody asks the question, you know, didn't, didn't you used to be in this situation and now you're in this situation? Yeah, and let me tell you how that happened. Let me share my story with you of what Jesus did in my life. And we leave our testimony laying on the ground too often. When God performs a miracle, don't leave your testimony on the ground. When God changes your life, don't leave your testimony on the ground. When God restores your marriage, don't leave your testimony on the ground. When God heals your body, don't leave your testimony on the ground. When God, listen, when God prospers your business, don't leave your testimony on the ground. It doesn't have to be a bad thing that God came through in your life. You could have started a business five years ago, and now you're seeing that God is prospering and God is doing something in your life. Listen, that's a part of your story. That's a part of your testimony. Don't leave that thing laying on the ground because there might be somebody that you encounter this week that needs to know that when they stepped out in faith and it doesn't look like what they thought it was going to look like that they just need to keep on keeping on because eventually God's going to come through in his timing even when God does something it could be a miracle 
it could be a bad situation or it could be something where you stepped out in your faith and you're like, I don't know why this looks this way. I don't know why this is happening this way. I don't know why this is transpiring this way. And then God begins to do something. Don't leave your testimony on the ground. Don't leave your mat laying on the ground. God wants to use your testimony. He wants to use the negative things, the bad things, the things that you didn't want to walk through but you are walking through, the things that you, the situations that you put yourself in that situation, but then you prayed and God sent somebody or something came through or you know you had found yourself in a financial bind and then you got something in the mail or God provided a second job so that you could get yourself out of that situation. What well, however he provides for it, don't leave your testimony on the ground. God is giving you a story. God is giving you a testimony. God is seeing you through something or providing in some way. Listen, you don't have to look very far in your life to see God doing something. We sing a song. We sing a song. It's called Waymaker. And, and the bridge of that song says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. This isn't about, this isn't about us being able to see everything that God is doing. This is about us having the faith to believe that even when I don't see it, God is working. Even when I don't feel it, God is working. Even when it doesn't look like what I thought it would look like, God is working and he's going to give me a testimony and I'm going to share my story. I'm going to share my testimony ultimately so that people will be drawn to him. So that somebody else, listen, that's the whole point of this series, so that somebody else can hear your story, what God has done in your life, how God came through in your situation, how God restored your marriage, how God did something in your kid's life, how God brought you together and you didn't even know that it was, that, that, that was going to happen, how God prospered your business that for five or ten years didn't look like anything was going your way. God says even in the midst of that, you need the faith to just believe that even when you don't see it, I'm working. Even when you don't feel it, I'm working. And I can come through, and his timing may not be my timing, but God is faithful, and he will do what he said he would do. Don't leave your testimony laying on the ground. I, I feel like there are so many of us that are walking around Paris, Texas, and the surrounding areas, and we're in our jobs and workplaces, and there are opportunities that present themselves. But many of us, here's what I think the Lord wants to do for some of us today, is remind you of your story. Remind you of what he's done for you and how he came through in your life and what he provided in your life so that you can be rejuvenated and refreshed and that faith would rise and that courage would rise. And now you would walk into work tomorrow saying, God, I just hope you show somebody to me that I can share what you did for me. I hope that I hear somebody. Come on, you'd be standing in, in the grocery line at the store and you hear somebody talking about something going on in their life and you just slide right over there. You're like, you know, I just heard, I just heard what you were saying about the thing that you're going through, but I just have to tell you what God did in my life and I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you because you need to be encouraged that God can do it in your life if he did it in my life come on God's given you a story for you to share a story that he can use through your life through your mouth to draw people to him amen will you stand to your feet today here's the last thing I want to mention and then I'm finished and at the end of the story, Ryan and Autumn's story that they shared. and Man, wasn't that awesome? Can we just thank them again for just being willing to share that story? <laughs> I know sometimes it's one thing to share a story with somebody in a conversation. It's a whole other thing to, to put it out there for so many people to hear and see and even watch online and be encouraged by. So, But at the end of their story... Um, 
they made mention of all the people that were there for them, the ones that brought the food, the ones that ministered to them. And, and I, I started thinking about it when I was watching it back. And if you were here last week and we were, we were watching Gwen's story, he was talking about the lady that after God had done a miracle in his body, that there was a lady that he felt like God sent this lady into his room to be the one to go in there to make him get out of that bed. No, you're not going to stay in that bed. You're going to get up and learn to walk again. No, you're not going to stay laying down. No, there is more for you. You have more life left to live. And so you need to get up, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to help you through it, and we're going to do this together, and you're going to learn to walk again. And he's here today, however many years later, really because of that lady being a part in his story to come in there. God sent somebody. And then I'm, I'm watching this story, and at the end of your story, you're talking about all the people that brought food and how they were, you know, food was provided for like an entire month, and people that were, even the people that were just there to, to sit for 30 minutes, and just, hey, are you doing okay, and do you need anything else, and can I get you some paper towels, or can I get you anything like that, and how God is sending people. Listen, I came to tell somebody today as we end this message that God sees where you're at. That God saw where Gwen was at, and I believe he sent somebody in there to be the one to encourage him, to push him, to get, come on, get up out of that bed. You can walk again. There is more for you. You can do this. That God sent people and rallied people around you guys to provide the things that you couldn't get out and get or provide, you know, whatever, whatever it was. Provide encouragement, provide prayer, provide food. I mean, like all of these different things that God was sending people. And to me, I'm like, I, I listen to those things and I am so encouraged to know that, man, God saw them right where they were at. He saw them right in that moment. Said, I've got some people. I've got some people that I can send. Here's what I would ask you today. Would you be one of those people? Would you be one of the people that, that God could use in somebody else's life? That he could send into somebody else's room? That he could, that he could use your love of cooking or, or how, how your, listen, how your business has prospered and God has given you enough and extra and he wants you to be a blessing to somebody else who's in need in this moment? Are you willing? Are you willing? God, God wants to use people. And in two stories we've already heard, we've seen where God has used people. God has used people to encourage. God has used people to, to minister. God has used people to provide. God has, he does so many things through people and people being willing. Say, so you know what, God, if that's, what, if that's how you want to use me, then just use me in that way. Are you willing? Are you willing to Are you willing to allow what you've been through and how you've been comforted? The Bible says that we're comforted by God so that in turn we can comfort others with the same comfort that God provides to us. Are you willing are you willing to be a comfort for somebody else out of the Listen, out of the struggle that you've been in and how you've been comforted that you can take that to somebody else and you can comfort them in their time of need as God has comforted you? When I, when I look out across this room, and even those of you that are watching online right now, there is endless potential of what God could do if we were willing. We can't even fathom 
We can't even imagine what God could do if we were willing. If we were willing. God, I thank you today. We thank you for this story. We thank you for this testimony. God, we believe you don't, you don't cause bad things to happen, but you can sure use them. And you can sure cause, cause us to rely on you more through them. And God, I believe that in it all, you're working it all together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And Lord, you want to give us a testimony that for some of us, the scars that we have are our testimony. They are the thing that shows your faithfulness. They show your goodness. They show your miracle working power. God, help us to not leave our testimony laying on the ground. But to fully surrender everything to you and allow you to use it however you want to use it. And Lord, today as the prayer team comes, I I just pray for every person under the sound of my voice and those watching online, Lord, I pray that you would remind, there are some of us that just need to be reminded of what our story is, what our testimony is, what you did for us, how you restored that relationship, how you brought that child back, how you led us to the place that we are, how you prospered our business so that we could be in the position that we're at right now, how you led us so that we could own what we own right now and the things that we can do to further the kingdom. God, I just, I pray right now that you would remind every single one of us of your goodness and your faithfulness and what our story is, what our testimony is through what you've done. And Holy Spirit, I pray as we sing this song that if there's anybody here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, anything at all, that you would draw them today for prayer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.